Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Oh, hello. hello. Welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And this is a podcast. We ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for you. Allison, you woke up into a horror movie this morning. You were oh, just God. telling me. I woke, I just got back from seeing you in person in Los Angeles. Can you believe but- it? Flying that way is great. Flying back home west to east is a nightmare. And I woke up like, you know, minutes ago uh, to an apartment that has no coffee in it. (laughs) (laughs) I like had thrown away and I had like finished. I buy like the big Grady's. uh, Oh, I love those. Yeah. It's so good. I'm just like, whatever, I'll spend $10 on like a jug of this. But I, I had finished one like just before I left. And I was like, well, I'll just get coffee when I come home. And then I woke up this morning with you no fool. coffee. And on top of that, last night when I got home, I ordered a pizza super late and um, ordered a couple Diet Cokes with it to have them in the house. And they brought regular Coke. I'm so sorry. Still delicious, but it's not the same. It's I mean, not I drank one. You. It was the first time in like 15 years. But. It's a true treat, but it's dessert. It's not the life, the life's blood of I'll, modern life that Diet Coke When is. you're craving Diet yes. Coke, regular Coke does not scratch the itch. Um, not to compare you to John Wayne Gacy, but I was just watching a video on YouTube. You know, <laughs> no, YouTube just recommends do. you stuff. You're like, well, I guess I have to watch this about like um, last meals. And one of them was John yeah. Wayne Gacy. And I want to say it was like a bucket of fried chicken. Um, a bunch of delicious-looking stuff, a pound of strawberries, and then a liter of Diet Coke. And I was like, even in that last moment, he's like, well, I'm going to have a Diet Coke, you know? I would definitely include Diet Coke in my last meal. 100%. I hope to never have to order one. And also, I think in Texas and other states, you don't get one anymore, which I'm like, come on. You know, you're going to be killing all these people in Texas. Let them them order a pizza and not, not eat it. Like, who cares? Right. But um, I just thought that I was like, wow, even even facing the void, it was like, yes. I'm going to need a little sip of Diet Coke to get me through. And I'd be the same way. I'd be the same way. How are you doing? I'm good. I just, uh, you know, I, I inadvertently signed up for US Today, USA Today, like, news. <laughs> like, it sends you news. And it literally was like— <laughs> What um, sends you news? Like, on your phone? Uh, yeah, like, it'll just pop up and be like, hey! Oh. It's never, like, you know, whatever. There's a forest fire in your area or things you actually need to know. What I just got was um, a new lawsuit says that there's a toxic chemical in Skittles. And I'm oh. like, I'm sure there is. It yes. is much as, like, there's a toxic chemical in every processed food. Yes. Isn't that what we're le- learning? But also, I'm like, leave my Skittles out of this. Yeah. Are you a Skittles person? Not even. I just think, I think I think of them as, like, fondly from childhood. Like, yes. I, don't, I have not eaten a Skittle that's not probably that's not true. We have like a big um, candy collection at work. I'm sure I've had Skittles in the last couple months, but they're not my go-to. I prefer a gummy. They're not, yeah, they're not my. In general, the like non-chocolate candies. I only like the sours. Yes, a the sour, sour patch the pe- kids. or the peach or the peach rings or the watermelon wedges or like a sour gummy. Yeah, I agree. So, I, but I would in a pinch if I was really it, it really needed something. I would absolutely um, turn to a Skittle. And I, I think of them finally. My youngest brother loves Skittles growing up. I remember. Yeah. I only liked the orange, yellow, and green. I didn't like the red or the purple. That's so interesting. In general, I don't like red and purple as candy. That's fascinating. I know. I lo- I mean, I definitely. I'm a citrus girl. Okay. Apparently, it has uh, there a lawsuit in California who is alleging it contains the ingredient titanium dioxide. Which is a legal food no. advocate. However, it's used as a color additive, and this lawsuit is claiming that it is. Um, they're essentially trying to sue it out of um, consumable products. It's also in things like sunscreen, cosmetics, plastics, and paint. So cool. you know, I at least see where this guy's coming from in yes. this lawsuit. You know, maybe it is safe to consume. Maybe there's something to be said about not eating something that also is in paint. And again, what do I know? You know what I mean? We are, we're all eating plastics. 
We're all eating plastic. We'll be full of plastic, just like all the <laughs> sea creatures. And that's I just know. what we're, it's what we did. It's what we decided to do with this planet. Was I talking to you? And I was like, oh, you know, I read that you eat a credit card's worth of plastic every, and I was about to say year. And I want to say you said day. And I'm like, it could be day for all I know. I think <laughs> I it's think a year. that was us. But I, there's, I, it just, and not to go off on a rant about plastic, but there was recently some, you know, like some articles about it. It's just basically like you cannot recycle plastic. Yes. It cannot be destroyed and rebuilt in the way that like they nope. keep telling us. And so that's right. why it's so important for us to try to avoid using single-use plastics, which is so hard because everything— It's so hard. I try. I just but. bought contact solution. I was like, is there like a place where you have a big barrel of contact right. solution? Like, things. I don't—yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. I mean, but yeah, but like takeout containers and stuff, absolutely, or like plastic yeah. bags. But it's basically like— you cannot recycle plastic. You could reuse it. You could try to, you know, like use it yeah. different things. But if left to its own device, it will simply it grind does. down into a m- microscopic dust, plastic dust. It doesn't ever leave the earth. Right. It just like changes form. And it has entered our bodies, the water, the, the animals' bodies, which is actually kind of the plot of um, David Cronenberg's most recent movie, Crimes of the Future. It's got a lot of oh. stuff going on. But they sort of talk about like in the future, like the idea of... Um, Consuming plastic is is part of the uh, the film, and uh, we do it. We we're not even part of a Dave Cronenberg movie. We're just doing it because it's just already there. You know? Yeah, we're just living that. Anywho, so I guess that's what I'm going through. Is just you know just thinking about plastic. Yeah, another thing yeah. to talk about. I'm sorry now that I'm in the environment, but I was watching. I think it was um, the LA Times. They did a video, and it was like some some guy in Berkeley, like an older German man, who's like, "I really try. Like, I bike everywhere. I don't have a car. I um, I don't use plastics at the grocery store. Like, yeah. he's like, I'm really living like a minimal life. Like, what could I do to reduce in terms my of consumption? Um, yeah, footprint, footprint. And, and we footprint. know now that they did the footprint is like a way to blame individual. Consumers yes. instead as, of like con, like conglomerates and giant corporations that are like the ones who are actually creating seventy five percent of what all exactly. like pollution is. Yeah, so it's like instead of like putting it off on this seventy five year old um, German retired right. professor or whatever. However, when they looked at his, they looked at his whole year's worth, and they're like, the thing is, it's flying. Flying yeah. is the individual worst thing you can do. And the guy's like, well, my family's in Germany, so I don't know what to do about that. And you know, I fly for work sometimes. Yeah, and, but that is something I just like, flew. Yeah. Well, our society is built around this thing that is incredibly bad Very for bad. the environment. Eventually, I don't know what we'll have to like I, uh, different fuel, different planes. I don't know. People I don't only know. fly every couple of years. I don't know. I don't know what we'll have to change. It's but bad. Um, we'll be gone by then. So, anywho, you know what else is bad? The things that happened in the movie we're doing this <laughs> this <Yes>. week, <laughs> and it's a classic, a problematic classic. And oh, I think I was sort of holding off on doing it. I hadn't seen it before because I had heard. Some problematic things about its contents. Um, the content, not like the, it's not a problematic person made it or anything. Or, or the no, real life. No, I don't believe okay. though. No, now you're saying that I don't actually know. Actually, we don't um, know that. Yep. Well, hopefully not. Yeah, no, it looks like we, it is just somebody um, who went to Tish, which, you know. Uh, that is but, problematic. <laughs> no, fortunately, um, it is just the actual plot. The but movie we'll discuss itself. it. And, cool. um, you know, I, I again, I don't think this is something that needs a content warning, but uh, give it a goog. Take it. Take a look at the Wikipedia and find out if you want to hear about this movie. I guess is what I would say. Um, and in the meantime, there's also, as I'm looking at this, three sequels. So cool. we'll have to go. This came out in 1983. The most recent sequel is 2008, which is deeply insane. Wow. And the movie you're doing, of course, is Sleepaway Camp, which if you if you live in the UK. Is known as Nightmare Vacation. Oh. Okay. Who knew? And we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. And so, Allison, what are your thoughts about the Sleepaway Camp trailer? I mean, now that you say that there's something problematic about the plot, I'm like, wow, what is this? Because, like, all you really get from the trailer is, like, people being terrorized by someone or something. And mm-hmm. I am now worried about who or what that is. Yeah, there were definitely certain things in the 80s that were shorthand for somebody having problems or being weird in a way that we're not doing anymore, you know? Yes. But we'll we'll get into it. And um, I really struggled with, like, what— uh, we also take a baseline scary of what yeah. to ask you about it because we've done summer camp. Um, I guess it's sort of like, how scary do you find the concept of being relentlessly bullied by everyone you go to sleepaway camp by? With? Oh. I mean, that's 
scared. Because, like, then you're just, like, kind of, like, alone in things. Yeah. Like, when you're at, like, if you're in a place that's, like, a little closed community, like a camp or a school or whatever, and every single person bullies you, like, Ugh. it's so sad. It definitely happens. Like, I, I feel like I remember growing up and there's always, like, one kid or, like, two kids in a grade where it's like, man, you just, if you were a little bit older, like, had more social skills, not that it should fall to them, but, like, right. they are just, like, the one kid that everyone's like, well, at least I'm not that kid, you know? Right. Right. Poor people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is a harrowing look at being young in a lot of different Oof. ways. And being sort of, not through any faults of your own, just being like the weird girl, you know, like the girl that everyone's like, why does she think that she's so special? Really, she's just introverted and, and, you know, like quiet and nervous. And everyone, everyone reads that as being a bitch. Um, And, uh, you know, I definitely remember that happening, like when you're young. For sure. Your girl, like friend group, for sure. And then finally, would you like to guess the twist based on the trailer and the little I have said about Sleepaway Camp? Allison. Guess the twist. My guess is that there's going to be something um, going on with whoever is terrorizing these campers that perhaps uh, were this movie made today would be dealt with differently. <laughs> yes. I, that's not such a twist as a, an astute observation. A, yes. Um, <laughs> you want to narrow it down. You want to... Maybe, like, everybody thinks it's a monster, but it's actually a person. Great. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so let's begin by ruining Sleepaway Camp. We open on a Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> that's the twist. I, I I need to look it up because like to see where it's shot, but it looks like the sleepaway like it looks like the camp where they shot um, the second se- the second returning season of Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, I guess they, it was shot as a camp formerly known as Camp Algonquin. Gorgeous and adorable. Like I never do. You go to sleepaway camp? I, I feel like we've talked about this. I'm trying to remember. I didn't. Re- I did mostly sports camps, so I would go do sports all summer. But um, I've been to beautiful East Coast camps. Um, it, it just it, it's adorable, and yeah. you're sort of seeing these little tiny cabins and bunks with extremely dramatic music over it. But it looks too cute, you know. And we yes. see this big sign that says Camp Arawak closed. So now we're flashing back. So this is the camp as okay. it is, exists. Today it's closed. We're flashing back. It's um, it's a bright summer day, uh, ostensibly. You know, it's like, it, it's round about eight years in the past. So I'll just okay. tell you that now. And we see two kids, Peter and Angela, and they're arguing. They, all, they both have thick New York accents, which I think is funny for a little kid. And then Always. their dad, John, is sort of sunbathing on what I would call a skiff. I'm not a boat person, but it's just like a flat surface with a sail on it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just a flat thing that you can, like, lie on top of, but it's not, like, there's not, like, a boat or anything under it, you know? Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of a skiff. That's not it either. But it's just a little tiny craft, and they're out of the lake, and the lake is is butts up against Camp Arawak. So they're there because they have a cabin or whatever. Oh, okay. So these aren't at the camp. Yeah, so— so Like, they're near the camp. Yeah, and Angela even says, like, boy, when when we get older, I really want to go to Camp Arawak. It looks like so much fun. Unfortunately, it is fun, and we know that because we see camp counselors Marianne and Craig driving a motorboat around the lake, and they're dragging the fellow counselor Dolores on. She's uh, water skiing, oh, and fun. Dolores is screaming the entire time. Like this actress has made such a big choice, where she's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I'm dying out here!" Like she's going nuts. And Marianne says to Craig, "Let me drive the boat. Nothing horrible will happen in the next five minutes." And Craig's like. Well, of course then, sure. Right. Unfortunately, over the skiff, Angela sort of playfully pushes her dad over, and he falls off and it flips the skiff because it's so small. Yes. So they all dump into the water. But again, they're like, the kids both have um, life, jackets, life jackets. So they're like, ha, ha, ha. You know, like, oh, we're what a in. funny accident. Not, dear God, we're going to drown here. From the shore, we see family friend Lenny waving to John and the kids saying, hey, we're going to meet up with the doctor who is the kid's Aunt Martha. So I'm going to refer to her as Aunt Martha, but she's a doctor. Okay. And okay. They, uh, they're they like, oh, is, is our cousin Ricky, so Martha's son, is he going to be there too? And it's like, no, Ricky's going to be, he's spending the father the weekend with his father. Ricky's uh, parents are divorced. 
but uh, we'll meet up with Aunt Martha. And I'm like, this is too much exposition. Like, they keep introducing, yeah. like, all these characters. I'm like, oh, co- doctor, cousin, oh, divorce. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But fortunately, we don't have to care about that right now because as they turn to, like, wave at Lenny and come to shore, Marianne is fucking barreling towards them in the speedboat. And she whips the wheel, but it's too late. She runs over the family. Oh, shit. And Dolores... She drops, like, you know, the handles and is like, oh, my God, they're dying, like, screaming. And we see Lenny on the shore whisper, John. And we see a mangled life preserver bob to the surface. A bitch, it's sleepaway camp. Ugh. Eight years later, Angela's living with her Aunt Martha because her father okay. and is... brother Peter have died. They yes. died in the boating accident. Aunt Martha is deeply weird in a way that is going to be hard to convey. Okay. In a podcast. Like, she's constantly being like, oh, we're going to have a wonderful time today. Aren't we? Yes, we are. We are going to have a wonderful time. In a way, we're like, oh, yeah, something's (laughs) wrong, but, like, there's no, like, medical term for it, you know? Yeah, just weird. And so it's eight years later, and both, uh, so Angela and Richard are both 14, and um, they are going to Camp Arawak. So... Uh, Ricky, as they call him. Ricky had been a couple times to Camp Arawak, but this is um, Angela's first time at the camp. And it's like, oh, you're going to have such a wonderful time. And Aunt Martha has, like, a purple and red beret and, like, bright red fingernails and, like, ties a ribbon around her finger to remember something. (gasps) Oh, I remember what it is. I knew I wouldn't forget. I just kept reminding myself. In fact, I tied a string around... Around my finger so I wouldn't forget. And is basically screaming every line. It's very <laughs> weird. And Ricky Ricky is a normal kid. It's yeah, you're like, yikes. This is a big choice. <laughs> screaming every line is Yeah, how I'm in, a, in a redded, a redded uh purple striped bray. But um Ricky is has wherewithal to be like, Mom, you're a freak, it's gonna be fine, we're gonna have, whatever. Angela is totally silent. She d- is not speaking. And finally, Aunt Martha remembers, like, oh, I I have to give you your your physical cards. It's like, I'm a doctor, but don't tell them I gave them to you. You're supposed to go to an actual doctor. Oh. I know, nothing suspicious about that. Nope. So he hugs and she hugs and kisses them both goodbye to, uh, you know, Ricky's consternation. And finally, Ricky and Angela arrive at Camp Airwack. Just as dozens of kids sprint from their school buses and cars screaming into the camp. Like, it's yeah. like everyone arrived at the exact same time and they're running screaming. And they're screaming. Everybody's screaming all the time in this movie. Now, the, we're introduced to a character that I'm, I'm really dismayed has to be in this film. Uh, again, I don't think this character would be in the film either. Um, there is a pedophile chef named Artie. And oh, he's watching these okay. children. And there's, like, actual, like under 12 children and then like a lot of like kids in their early teens and then the like counts tweens yeah, yeah and then counselors who i think are supposed to be like 18 you know 18 yeah. 19 either way actual children all our children a lot of a lot of them are actually under 18 and these are the ones he's looking at and already says to ben the other chef and like there's like three other like um staff members who run the kitchen <clears throat> he says out loud look at all that young fresh chicken Back where I'm from, we call them baldies. Back where you're from, oh, Artie, pedophile island. Yeah, what are you? A, a, a pedophile, for, like a prison for the criminally insane? What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> we, who, like, like that's that it's not even like just him. Like that, there, it's like, yeah. oh yes, the whole community calls them. I, also, like, oh god, it's so awful. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, there's so much there. They could definitely do a spinoff, a prequel of like <laughs> what made this person like this. We can't even, like, talk about it much because it's too much. And so Ben, who's the other chef, and he's the only black person in the movie, is like, Artie, that's disgusting. Shut the fuck up. Okay. He tells him, like, you're, they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. But also, it's not like he tells the head of, like, if, like now he'd right. be like, oh, he's I'm like, going to tell, yeah. the, I'm going to call the cops or tell the head of the, camp. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't fucking work here. You know what Yeah, I mean? he's like, cut it out. And it's like, no, you should be reporting this person to authorities. Right. And I think we, at least we've learned that the last um, 40 yes. years, basically. Yes. Um, we also meet Paul, who is Ricky's, like, best camp friend. So Ricky's been going for a couple of years, and Paul is his best friend from camp, and he's super nice to Angela. And I was like, oh, your first year, it's going to be so fun. Angela, again, very shut down and quiet and doesn't talk. Um, we also meet Judy, who is Ricky's ex-girlfriend. So sorry, his camp girlfriend. And 
Okay. Uh, Paul's like, man, Judy's here. You should check out the yabos on her because, you know, they're completing puberty. You know, just yes. like every year right. they look radically different because yes. they're not adults yet, you know? Yes. And so Ricky goes over to Judy and she immediately blows him off and she's like, I'm older now. I'm a sophisticated woman. I'm like 15. I'm talking to like the older guys. Immediately is like, I don't have time for your childish games. Oh, and Judy no. is this wonderful movie bitch where she's so mean for so for no reason the entire time. I really do fun. like that kind of character. And she also wears a hot picture that just says Judy on it. And I was like, yes. Yes, Judy. It's um, giving Judy. And so Ricky drops Angela at her, like one of the girls' cabins. And um, we find out that Judy is friends with their counselor, Meg. So, obviously, Judy's been going for years. Meg is older, and now she's a counselor, but, like, they're still buddy-buddy. And Judy is changing, and Angela started staring at her. And Judy's like, ugh, who's the freak? And Meg Meg immediately, now when Judy gives the signal that, like, we're going to bully this younger yes. girl, is like, wow, looks like we have a, a real winner on our hands here, ladies. And they're immediately mean to Angela. Oh, God, girls are the worst. Yeah. So three. So we cut to three days later, and Meg is, like, all, like, on Angela's shit. And she grabs the counselor, Ronnie, who it looks like he's in his 20s, so, like, clearly has been there a while. He takes him over to Angela. Angela's refusing to eat anything. And Ronnie's like, okay. Has she spoken at all yet? She's not spoken. She's not spoken. She's not eating. And so Ronnie, who we're to understand is, like, an actually good person and a good counselor, is like, well, you know, thinking, like, is there some sort of dietary thing? Let's take her to the kitchen. Unfortunately, the problem with that is Artie's in the kitchen. Yeah. So he takes her kitchen to be like, let's talk to Artie and see what we, can we make you just to make sure you're actually eating something. Yes. Artie's like, no problem. He, as soon as Ronnie leaves, immediately takes Angela into the walk-in freezer. What the fuck? And he says to her, you never know what you could find in the walk-in. This guy. Meanwhile, I mean, yeah, <sighs> it's awful. Okay. Luckily, he's, you know what's going to happen to him in a couple minutes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Ricky stops by the girls' table and looking for Angela, and she's like, oh, your cousin doesn't eat or talk. She might as well be dead. Allison, in the walk-in freezer, Artie is taking off his belt to molest Angela. Like, this girl hasn't had it bad enough, like, watching her brother and father get, like, brutally killed in this place. Like, exactly. And she's going back there years later. Why would you send her there? I guess because you're Aunt Martha and you're out of your fucking mind. And you're like, well, I already sent Ricky there. Might as well say, like, send well send this traumatized little girl there, too. Um, fortunately, uh, Ricky comes back in, like, interrupting them. And Artie literally, like, grabs him and was like, you better not tell anyone what, I, what you saw. And what he saw was, of course, him doing his belt. Ricky's no idiot. So yeah. Ricky and Angela run out. But they are too scared to tell anyone. And the camp owner, his name is Mel, sees what's going on. And he literally sees Artie emerge from the walk-in doing up his belt. And Artie's like, oh, crazy kids. I must have scared him or something. And Mel, because he's a terrible owner of the camp, which we will find yes. out, does nothing. Is like, whatever. Okay, just cook all this corn. He, okay, Mel leaves. And then the other chef, Ben, also steps out. Artie is alone cooking the biggest pot of corn I've ever seen. Like, he has to stand in a chair to reach the top of the pot. I don't know if this is a real thing. It shouldn't <laughs> exist. It's too dangerous. Too much corn. I'm going to look this up. Extremely tall pot. Because it's like, that. that's so dangerous. Do you understand that's what I'm so saying? so dangerous. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand yes. what you're saying. It is so dangerous. I, I'm trying to make extremely tall pot for sale. They're all just normal. Like, even the big ones, it's like, they're not, this is like Like, could tall. you climb into it? I think a child could. I don't know if we could, but like, a, a, like a Angela or Ricky, I think could fit inside of it. Wow. And that's too big. Use that's different big. pots. Do different. You know, like cook yes. it in different. You know, whatever. Yeah, I know. Must imagine it takes a long time. I don't know much about uh, batch cooking corn. No, but Artie's alone, and he's throwing in all these corn cobs. Right. Luckily, Allison, we now see Artie from the killer's POV. And yes. um, he gets up onto a chair to salt the water for the corn. The killer pushes Artie over the pot, and he's barely able to grab, like, a little shelf of spices above the, the, the yeah. oven. And he turns, and he sees the killer, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? The killer then yanks the chair out from under him. Artie falls. The giant pot of gallons of boiling water falls on top of him, burning his face. He's screaming, horribly burned. And Ben, ben runs back inside. Literally, he has, like, pustules forming on his face. 
Cut to paramedics taking Artie in, away in an ambulance. I mean, good, but... He's alive, but he's in horrible pain. He's yes. screaming. And the doctor who came with the paramedics is, like, the worst doctor in the world. Is like, I don't have medication strong enough to mask what he's going through. I mean, my God, the pain he must go... You know, this is like, okay, I, we it's understand. Like, shut up. Yeah. And they and Ronnie, the, the counselor, asked him, it's like, well, what about his eyes? And the doctor says... It's too early to tell. So it could it is possible that already boiled eyes have been boiled out of his head. So okay, well that's a horrific <laughs> thing to have happen to you. Yeah, and uh, Mel the camp owner says, okay, we just don't have to tell anyone. I don't want the kids or the parents to know this happened. And they're like, well, it was an accident. He's like, absolutely, but it just would be bad for business if they heard about this. Uh, clearly, we're not running a tight ship. So Ben. You're the head chef now. You're going to make $50 more per week. And the other uh, kitchen staff, you're going to make $15 more a week. And let's just say Artie found himself out of the job, okay? No one has to know what happened. And Ben's like, hooray, money. And then they go and they start getting dinner to, to, yeah. know, ready for later in the day. Um, over in the uh, boys' cabin, there's a lot of hijinks, a lot of, like, mayhem. Yes. In this Boys movie. are all chaos. And I think what's interesting is, like, it it feels like stuff, real stuff that happens at camp that intermixed with, like, horrific, like, disfigurement and murder. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like so the, the, Ricky's doing a magic trick where he has a boy put a towel over his face. And they're doing, like, sort of sort of a reverse light as a feather, stiff as a board. Like, he's mentally yeah. trying to convince the boy you cannot do a sit-up. And the boy's like, okay, I don't believe in this. But then when the boy sits up, he puts his face right into another kid's bare ass. And everyone laughs at him. And that's of the, course. that was the prank. That's, yeah. Um, and the boy they prank is named Mozart. And so he, I guess he's a nerd. So they're going to prank him a bunch of times. There is also, uh, so Ricky's sort of like, sort of we have like Ricky's side. And Ricky's like swears constantly and is really quick to anger. So we have like Ricky's side and then like a, a group of other older kids. Uh, there's like Billy, Kenny, Mike, who are like too old to be, such assholes. Yeah. Like, Ricky is an asshole. But these other guys, in my mind, even, like, once you're, like, 17, you got to kind of, like, grow out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not in middle you school do. anymore. Uh, but one of the, they're playing baseball. They, like, bet $5 a person, like, they're, the Ricky team's going to win. And um, this guy, Billy, is at bat, and he goes, eat shit and die, Ricky. And Ricky says, eat shit and live. So there's a lot of lines like that. Okay. Great writing. And in the end, Ricky's team wins, and all the other guys are like, oh, we hate Ricky because he's only 14, but he's absolutely just fucking incredible at baseball, and, like, we're really jealous. Um, so that night, all the campers are hanging out, and I think there's a lot of, like, uh, the nascent sexuality of a teen at summer camp, which is, I, I didn't go there, so I don't know much about it. But, like, the, these guys, Kenny, Mike, and Billy are like, hey, girls, what if we went skinny dipping all together as a group? Wouldn't that be crazy? And uh, most of the girls are like, nah, I think I'm good. Yeah. All of them, actually. And one of them says, like, what about Angela? We should ask her. And one of the other guys says, I've been watching her all week, and she is fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> saying like that is, one, that is what someone would actually say. And two, yes. is so mean. It's so mean. Like, like, yes. <laughs> like I've been be like, watching you for a week, and I'm watching conclusion. her, and she's fucked up. Fucked up. And she is. <laughs> like, that's what's so hard. She definitely is. For re with good reason, exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know that she's not going to therapy. You know what I mean? No, like she's it's not getting help. Trauma. Yeah. So two of the guys are like, oh, uh, uh, I think Kenny and Mike are like, uh, go over talk to Angela. I dare you, you know. But they go and they ask her, like, you want to take the walk to the lake with us to trick you into skinny dipping? And she has a reply. So they're really like, oh, suck a bitch. Like they start bullying her like instantaneously. <sighs> and um, and she's still not talking. And they're like, oh, wow, I told you she was playing with half a deck. Hey, Angela, how come you're so fucked up? And then luckily Ricky and his friend Paul show up. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, don't be assholes. Right. Like, leave my cousin alone. And so Ricky's always going to stand up for her, which I appreciate. I like that. At least we have that. When everybody else in this camp is a monster. Absolutely fucking asshole or a pedophile or someone trying to yes. cover up somebody being horrifically burned. Disfigured, Yeah. So Ricky and Paul get into a fight with these, like, slightly older guys. And it turns into, like, a full brawl between, like, Ricky and 12 guys until this one of the head counselors, Gene, who's in charge of, like, the Ricky's bunk, bunk 19, pulls them apart. And, like, so it's sort of like there's constantly explosions of anger and then somebody in trying to pull them apart, which I guess is kind of like what summer camp would be. But just yeah. not, to, not to this degree, not, like, it's every so five yeah. minutes. Right, right. It's nonstop. 
And so trying to be nice, Paul, you know, is there. So, like, so Ricky gets escorted out by Gene, and, like, the other boys get sent to their bunk. But Paul's there, and he's like, you know, um, I just want you to know that Ricky told me about your parent, your family. Because we never hear about her mother, but we assume that she's dead because right. we never hear about her. Or, like, when she was younger, she probably died. And she's like, I just want to let you know I'm really sorry. And, like, if you ever want to, like, talk or hang out. And he's, like, being genuinely very nice yeah. to her. And uh, Angela still doesn't reply, but... You know, he's talking to her, and he's like, oh, we did all these dumb pranks, like, last year, blah, blah, Meanwhile, Judy sees Paul talking to Angela and is so wildly jealous that, like, she wants everybody Judy. to talk to her. Yes. It's like, you didn't even—it's like, oh, Ricky— You didn't want to talk to these people before. Exactly. But because they're talking to somebody else, you must take that attention away. Exactly. It's like, oh, people are talking to Angela. Um, Jean finally comes back and is like, Paul, you got to go, too. You got to go back to your bunk. And Angela speaks for the first time and tells Paul good night. And Paul's like— Haha, I did it. I got her to talk to me. So, you know, it's just like a cute, again, they're both 14, you know. Yeah. And so down at the lake, some the older girls and the older guys are, are at the lake. And all the girls are like, yeah, we're not going to skinny dip. And all the boys are like, oh, well, you're lost. And they all jump in the lake, like Billy, Kenny, and Mike. Uh, not Ricky or Paul, but like the older okay. guys jump in. And Kenny and Mike are smoking weed. And they're trying to get one of the girls to go for a moonlit canoe ride. And they're like, ugh, the only person who wants to do is Leslie. And they, we got nothing about her, but they're just so weird. They're like, ugh, Leslie. It's like in Christine where they're like, ugh, you have to go out with, like, last chance Leslie or whatever. Like, you know, there's, yeah. like, these, like, ugh, these, like, hags or whatever. Yeah. But Leslie, who seems like a perfectly lovely teenage girl. I'm sure she is. Um, so agrees to go with Kenny. And so they go to can- canoe out on the, on the lake at night. And Kenny starts, like, being like, oh, the water's full of wa- water snakes and turtles, like snapping turtles. They're going to snap your fingers off. And he's, like, rocking the canoe back and forth just to terrify her. Everybody in this movie <laughs> is such an asshole. And then finally just flips <laughs> over the canoe, dumping Leslie and himself in the water. And she's like, I hate you, you bastard. Why? And so it's sweet. It's like, it's like if you want to make out with a girl— this you ruined it. This isn't it. Leslie, well, for whatever you think about Leslie, was willing to get in a canoe at night with you, Kenny, and you fucking blew it be- to be funny. I have no idea. Right? Like, what's the point? And so um, they tip over the canoe, and Leslie starts swimming back to shore. But Kenny sort of emerges up inside the overturned canoe where it's dark, and he doesn't see that Leslie's swimming back to shore. However, a figure does pop up inside the canoe, who, again, we don't see. Kenny does. And Kenny goes, what are you doing here? And then the figure holds him underwater, killing Kenny. Oh, well. Um, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not, not quite as bad as Artie, I will say. Yeah. But, but also, Artie lives. I mean, I guess it's I, whatever. Who yeah, knows, I don't know. It's, it's all terrible. And so um, all the other guys and, like, the girls that are on shore, they're all starting to walk back to the bunks. And only then Mike realizes, like, Kenny hasn't gone back to shore. In the morning, Allison, one of the other counselors, Hal, has the odious tax of, like, he has to fish all these, like, folding chairs and, like, like all the boys have thrown all this stuff into the lake. So he's yeah, just like, Mel should be down here. He's he's got he's like he's such a fake ass. I wrote a fat ass, like as if um, Mel has like a BBL or something. So like, <laughs> he's such a fake ass. Like I have to be down here doing the actual work, and he pretends like he's doing the work. Allison, when Hal goes over to turn over the canoe on the no. sand, he finds Kenny's waterlogged body underneath. Ugh. And a water snake crawling out of his purple mouth. Why? Allison, at this point in the in the movie, what would you do? What would you do? Everyone goes home. Yes. Everyone got like the, like two bad things have happened. Like the pedophile getting burned alive is one thing. Like, all we right, agree. that happened. We can agree on that, that happened. Yeah. Now that there's been two horrific physical experience like someone's dead someone's disfigured like shut it down yes. everyone leave i agree and i really this goes to like mel's the one who can make that decision you know yes. or i guess any of the counselors could call the cops but like once this happens you can't keep the camp open once a child dies yes you gotta shut it down shut it down justin and so good thousands of summer deals at your nordstrom rack store Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. 
Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So the paramedics come and we meet Frank the cop. And Frank the cop should shut down the fucking, like it's a crime scene. Like shut down the camp. That's what I don't understand either. Right. Like he talks right. to Mel and this other counselor, Ronnie. But Mel's like, it wasn't a crime. He obviously drowned. And it's a terrible fluke accident, but that's all there is to it. And there's no need to shut down my summer camp. And the cop's like, well, we don't really know that. Like, we were just saying that. So we're going to do an autopsy and come back. And, like, I'm going to actually do some police work. And Mel is so mad and he storms off. Ugh. I mean, okay. And Ronnie tells Frank the cop before they, they take the body away to the coroner's office. He say, it's the damnedest thing. Kenny was a damn good swimmer. So sort of introducing to Frank the cop, was this, was this a drowning this, in it after all? Yes. Over the volleyball court, Angela silently watches Judy, Meg, and the other girls play volleyball, and Paul comes over um, to talk to her, and he says, oh, would you sit next to me at the movie tonight? It's because they're doing, like, a movie night in the canteen. Yeah. And she said, well, I thought it was mandatory. He's like, well, yeah, it's mandatory, but, like, I want to sit next to you. And she says yes. And so Paul's okay. like, all right. Okay. Yeah. And Judy's like, uh, why does Angela get to talk to the boys all day? And we have to play stupid volleyball. So Meg, who's like her enforcer, stalks over. And it's like, if you're not going to play, then you need to sh- sit there and shut up. You're not allowed to talk to boys and have fun. God, girls are so mean. One of the other counselors, Susie, luckily is like, Meg, can you not be a heinous bitch all the time? Like, please leave her alone. <laughs> and Susie— Heinous bitch is such a good phrase. Yeah, much like Ronnie earlier, Susie goes over to Angela's like, okay, so, like, is there any activity you would like to do? Like, yes. do you want to try to go sailing on the lake? And Angela's like, sailing on the lake? No, I can't. Like, obviously triggered, right. you know. Of and course. she's like, no, no, I just want to sit and watch. I'm sure terrified, like, if I do something, I will die here because yes. my family did, you know? yes. Reasonably enough. Reasonable. Like, absolutely. <laughs> I get it. So they, that night they watch a movie all together, and then Paul walks Angela back to her bunk. And uh, Ricky sort of begs Judy, like, let me walk you back to your bunk, you know, still into Judy. But she's too obsessed with, like, the fact that Angela's getting some guy that she's like, I'm not interested in you, Ricky. I need to spy mm. on Angela and ruin her life. Outside the bunk, Paul kisses Angela goodnight, and then they kiss again. But then Angela sort of freaks out and goes inside. And it's like, again, you're 14. That seems fine. You know what I mean? And Judy's like, wow, Paul, I didn't know you were dating Angela. I didn't know she was your type. And Paul's like, you're a bitch. I don't know why you're talking to me. Like, he knows, you know, he's not taking it seriously. Right. This is, yeah. So back at the boys' bunk, um, they're playing a prank on Mozart again, and they fill his hand with shaving Poor cream. Mozart. Then, then tickle his face, to, and he swishes his uh, shaving cream in his face, of course. Right. Mozart wakes up furious, and he takes a knife out of his pack, which oh. l- luckily Gene immediately confiscates, but it's like a huge knife that's, like, curved at the end. I was Why? Like, what is going on in that kid's life that he has no. that knife? <laughs> Everybody in this movie has a lot going on. The next day, Paul and Angela are hanging out at the beach. Okay. And Meg storms over and was like, oh, let's not deal with her. Let's go swimming. And so Paul jumps in the lake, but Angela's there just to be berated by Meg. And Meg's like, why you don't want to swim? Like, I noticed you never put on your bathing suit. Angela refuses to talk to her. This enrages Meg to the point where she shakes Angela and Ronnie has to intervene. It's like, if that's your counselor doing that, she has to leave the camp, or even just a regular a camper. Right. right. If you're at this camp and you are shaking a younger camper and, and targeting them, you should go home. Like, you should just be, you ha- You call your parents, you're out of here. Yeah. Um, afterwards, um, they are, the girls are all showering, and uh, I guess Meg did get in trouble with Ronnie. And Judy's like, wow, everybody, thank Angela for getting Meg in trouble. And she's like, hey, Angela. How come you never take showers when the rest of us do? Huh? You queer or something? And Angela, of course, doesn't reply to this. And she's like, no, I know what it is. You haven't reached puberty yet. I bet you don't even have your period. And Susie, the other counselor, is, like, trying to intervene, like, trying to break up the fight. Right. 
And Judy's like just harassing Angela. And she's like, I, she, you know, Angela's a carpenter dream, flat as a board and needs a screw. And Susie steps and just fucking slaps Judy in the face. Judy needs to get slapped. And even Susie's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, it just happened. Couldn't take it anymore because you're being such a bitch. And Angela's like, I'm going to go see my cousin. Bye. Like, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. So she goes to the boys' uh, bunk. And when she does, Mike, Billy, and the other boys immediately whip a water balloon at her. And Ricky flips out, like, leave my cousin alone. Everyone's being mean to her. Also, neither Mike nor any of the other boys are like, hey, where's Kenny? Hey, I heard Kenny drought. Like, nobody has any reaction to their friend's demise earlier in the day or yesterday. I don't know. Yeah, they've all just moved on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, luckily the camp owner, Mel, happens to be working, walking by. Again, he breaks up the fight, but he tells the boys and Ricky, like, you can't go to the canteen for, like, after, like, after dinner activities for a week. You know, and all the boys are like, oh, Angela, this is all your fault. We hate you. And Billy, they're all going to sort of storm off and play, they're going to play a baseball game against the counselors. And Billy says, I'll meet you guys in the view. I got to take a wicked dump. It's like, okay. Cool. So, Allison, as he's taking a dump, we see a killer jam a stick in the bathroom lock. Yes. Cut open the window screen with Mozart's knife, which clearly they found somewhere. Yes. And then drop a beehive into the bathroom stall, which kills Billy. Maybe he's allergic to bees. I guess that makes sense, but how My would the killer style? know that? But yeah. he must because he's dead. He does die. Right. And there's this horrible shot of him lying on the, on the ground, and his face is covered in bees. And that is really fucked up. That is really fucked up. Of course, when Mel hears about this, he's more concerned about the survival of his precious fucking, like, summer camp. And he's lamenting the Ronnie, like, I'm finished. No one's ever going to go to this camp again. It's like, there are people who have died, dude. We've people been have here, died. like, uh, two weeks or something, you know? People have died. But Mel thinks that he knows who's doing it. And he's like, I've seen the hate in his eyes. I know it's him. And Ronnie's like, who are we talking about? Mel says, never mind. Maybe I'm just imagining it. Allison... If there's somebody you think is so full of hate from the vibe they give off that you're like, <laughs> I could see that this person killed two other people, they shouldn't be there. Call the cops. Send everyone home. That's what the yes. problem is. Like, Mel, everything else that happens at this point is your fault. Send everybody home. Shut it down. So they um, that night, Angela meets up with Paul, and they go down and walk down to the lake, and they, like, kiss. They're having fun. They're, like, chasing around, like, playing tag on the on the beach, and they kind of, like, fall to the sand. But as they're kissing, Paul tries to undo Angela's shirt. And she stops him, but he's like, oh, come on, you know. Allison, Angela has a flashback to being a kid. And in the flashback, she and her brother, so, like, around the age at which the boating accident happened, yeah. they see their father, John, in bed with their this family friend, Lenny. And it's actually a very tender scene, but it's clearly being played for horror. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. And it has this creepy music underneath it. Like, oh, something like their dad gay is, is gay? happening. And that is that is a, a horror element of it. And then also, even the kids in the flashback are just, like, giggling. Like, they're not, like, horrif- they're not horrified. Yeah. And then we see a shot of Angela and her brother Peter sitting on the same bed. And then Peter points to her. And Angela, in, you know, modern day, yells no and pushes Paul away and runs away. So. Okay. Obviously, whatever whatever's happening is coming to the fore. The next day, the counselor's going to say, okay, we know it's been a tough week with everyone dying and everything, so uh, we're going to play Capture the Flag. Activities. And Jean is explaining it. It's just mayhem. It's like a huge Capture the Flag. And um, Paul goes to Angela. He's like, hey, just like, what happened? We're like, last night, do you not like me? And she's like, I just wasn't ready. They're 14. That's perfectly reasonable. That's like so a very reasonable. reasonable thing to be like, I'm not ready so to. Reasonable. Hook up on the beach at camp, yeah. Yeah, when two people have died. Yeah. And so Paul tries to kiss Angela again, and she pushes him away, and just that Judy kind of slides in. Oh, Judy. As Angela storms away, and Judy's like, wow, Angela sucks. You know who's cool? Me. And I guess we're going to think, like, Paul is so dejected that he's like, I guess I'll hang out with Judy during the Capture the Flag game. Meanwhile, uh, Ricky catches up with Angela, and he's like, I found the flag. I need you to be the distraction, then I'll sneak in, and I'll see the, seal the flag, and then I'll win the game. And Angela's like, okay, I guess so. Unfortunately, when they're sneaking through the woods, they find Judy kissing a reluctant Paul. So Paul's not into it. She's Judy kind of is kissing him. 
But Allison, Angela sees them too, and Paul sees her, runs after her, and Ricky and Judy are like, fuck you, fuck you, why do you gotta do this? You're always on top, like, you're always mean to my my cousin. And Judy is such a bitch for no reason. She's like, yeah, and I'll do it again, you know? What? Like, this girl. Um, Later, Angela sits at the beach, and Paul comes and apologizes to her, and he's like, I'm sorry, like, Judy, like, asked me to hang out, and, you know, whatever. Again, they're 14. It's like, yeah, these things happen. Yeah. And Paul, like, asked for another chance, but Judy saunders over is like, wow, Angela, you're forgiving. Especially because he told me, what a huge prude you are. And Angela's like, no, my secret shame. No. And uh, Paul storms off. Judy tries to force Angela to take off her clothes and get in the water. And Meg, of course, shows up and is like, yeah, do it. Like, take off your clothes, Angela. Like, bullying. Meanwhile... Mel, at the exact same time, Mel is approaching Ricky. It turns out that he's blaming Ricky for the murders. He's saying okay. every time someone is weird to your cousin or mean to your cousin, Artie, the other boys, teasing your cousin, they end up dead. I think that you are trying to protect your cousin and from the bullies, and you're lashing out, And you, because I could tell you're a hothead. You're always swearing and stuff. Again, a 14-year-old boy. Right. Meanwhile, Meg has picked up Angela and goes and just throws Angela into the lake. Angela's, like, freaking out, panicking, of course, like, having a full breakdown in front of everybody. And Ricky's close enough to see it, so he tries to run over, but Mel's yelling at him and grabs him, accusing him of the killings. And so Counselor Hal luckily fishes Angela out of the water, and Ricky runs to her, and he tells her, don't worry, Angela, we won't let them get away with this. So I got to ask at this point— Allison, who's going to survive? Who will survive? I think that Ricky and Angela... No, I think Angela will survive and Ricky will die. Okay. I want Mel to die, Mm because... Shut it down. Um, Um, How do we feel about Meg? Mean counselor Meg. Meg... No counselors have died. Maybe Meg will die. And, of course, Judy. Judy will, Judy will survive. Okay, great. And maybe, like, become a better person. <laughs> and then how about Paul? Paul will die. Okay. Yeah. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Something even more confusing is about to happen. So that night, um, (laughs) all the counselors are sort of getting their assignments. And, like, every night, two of the counselors get off. You know, like, you could just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's Jerry and Meg's night off. Allison, Meg goes to Mel— and it's like, hey, Mel, how about that dinner you promised me? Meg is, I'm going to say it, the most 18, 19. Mel is at least 50, if not older. This is not uh, like, oh, he's 30, and this is inappropriate, but 20, you understand. But yeah, yeah, like, right. you could see how some, I'm a younger person if I'm attractive. He's not only 50, he's a, the oldest 50 on the planet. He's like like Gilligan's Island old. You know what I mean? Yes. Someone's like, I'm 50, but I, for some reason I played you have 80. Like, yeah, you have like white hair, and you're not, yeah. And Meg is the one coming out to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, uh, like 9, 9.30. That's a late dinner. They're, like, it's obviously they're going to have sex. Allison, when she goes to the cabin with the teenage girls she looks over, Meg is thrilled. And I was like, there are other hunky 20-something, like, yes. senior counselors that are around your age. That I would understand. But Mel, who is a so old. He's like your grandfather's age. Ugh. Two, not a good person. And right. three, like just your not so boss. Yeah, like you've not you've never seen them interact, your boss to begin with. Yeah. Like it's so such a weird choice. I don't know. That's so strange. 
I know, like, was the original casting, like, Mel was supposed to be, like, in his 30s or, or like, 20s? Like, was he supposed to be much younger? Because, like, you see that you're like, girl, why are you excited about this? <laughs> Unfortunately, she's not going to be able to go on that dinner date, Mel, Allison. She's uh, she's waiting to take a shower in the girls' cabin, but it's, everyone's getting taking a shower before dinner. So she goes to the bunk next door, which is currently unoccupied. She to take a shower. She's there alone. She's immediately stabbed through the wall into her back, and then the killer drags the knife again, Mozart's knife, I mean, down yeah. her back, blood spurting through the wall. Ugh. Counselor Eddie is taking some of the younger campers, um, some of them whom that were also the boys who were throwing water balloons at Angela. They are okay. going to go and camp in actual tents. Okay. So now they're also camping, camping. exposed in the wilderness. So yes. we've got them at play as well. And after the canteen, like the after dinner festivities, Paul finds Angela again. And he's like, I'm really sorry, but what Judy said about that prude thing. I don't think you're a prude. Like, don't worry about it. And Judy, of course, is right there and is like, oh, um, I don't even care about you, Paul. And I'm glad that you're upset, Angela, because now I'm hooking up with Mike. Um, Judy. Who, again, whose friend drowned and has no feelings about it whatsoever. Yeah. And so Angela tells Paul, meet me at the waterfront after, they're having like a social. Yeah. So like after the social, meet me at the water. And Paul's yes. like, all right, I'm back in. I worked it out. Meanwhile, this group of uh, ca- uh, campers with Counselor Paul, they're sleeping out in the wilderness and two of them wake up. And they're like, it's too cold. Take us back to our bunks. So then he le- he does. He like packs them both but up. But leaves the other kids? Yeah, there's like four other kids. And of course he leaves an ax to like hack up like firewood next to the sleeping campers. Anywho, it just wouldn't be me. This is why you need to share information, especially about somebody being, yes. being murdered. Uh, Mel goes to the canteen and asks Susie where Meg is and she's supposed to come see him. And I'm like, you shouldn't be telling your other employees that you're having dinner with this very young. Yeah, like, even if she's of legal age, it's still so wild. She's no. not, like, she's not even in her That age is so, also, like, you know? such an arbitrary, like, it's like, yes, yeah. even if she's 19, like, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, back in the girls' bunk, like, everybody's at the social at the canteen. So Judy has the opportunity, like, all the lights are out and she's making out with Mike. And Mel, when Mel busts in looking for Meg, Mike kind of drops underneath the bed so he doesn't see him. And Judy's like, I don't know, Meg went to go take a shower next door. You should take it, take, uh, take a look at it, you know? And Mike at that point's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that into this. I'm going to head out. And Judy's like, you're a chicken shit. But the point is everybody hates Judy because she's, yes. like, intolerable. Yes. Unfortunately, Mel goes to the uh, bunk next door, which is unoccupied, and finds Meg's dead body when it yes. falls out of the shower stall. Oh, onto him. God. Oh, God. And so, oh, of course, God. Mel blames Ricky. And he's like, it was him. He did this to spite me, question mark. I need to stop him. He, Him and that, that cousin of his, never again. Unfortunately, Allison. Also, like, then just kick them out of camp. Call their parents. Call the cops. Like, what do you? Anything. What's the plan? You think this kid is murdering other people, right. and you're like, I'm annoyed. You're not Batman. <laughs> Unfortunately, back at the girls' cabin, Allison, Judy is curling her hair with a curling iron, and oh, a no. figure appears in the doorway. And of course, we don't see it, but Judy's like, Oh, it's you! And the figure immediately hits her across the face, knocking her out, and then holds a pillow over her face. And Allison, I regrettably have to tell you this. It's done in sort of a shadow, so you don't really see anything. Rapes her with her curling iron, which is hot. No. And then sort of pushes her body, and so it dumps next to her. Like, so her body is now hidden behind her bed. Oh, God. I know, Judy was a bitch, but boy, she didn't but deserve no that. But no one deserves that. No one deserves that. No one that. deserves that. She's just a teen bitch. Like, if that's... anything, I thought it was, I was surprised that it was tastefully shot like that. I was yeah, like, okay, is... thank God you didn't show more. It's horrible enough. Given everything in this movie, I am surprised that that wasn't worse from a film standpoint. Now, obviously, the concept is awful. Yes, exactly. You know what's going on. Awful, awful, horrible. Um, out in the woods, Counselor Eddie goes back to the other campers. So only find them, of course, all they've all been murdered. And he vomits and then runs off screaming, help, help. You know, <laughs> so now it's just mayhem. Like, this killer yeah, is off, off the dying. Line. Yeah. Um, 
meanwhile, Ricky rolls up to the canteen. You know, he said he wasn't feeling well after dinner, so he went to go lay down. So that's only going to fuel Mel's belief that it was Ricky, because Ricky kind of has been, where where were you while this was happening? Yeah. Yeah, where were you when Meg was being killed? So he's walking back to his bunk with a bunch of, like, they have, like, junk food and stuff. And Mel grabs him by the hand, by, from behind and just starts slapping the shit out of him and screaming, Liar! Liar! Meanwhile, Ronnie receives the call from Eddie about the camper deaths. So now he knows, like, it, there's a murder loose. Yes. So Ronnie rallies the other counselors and calls, for the only smart person is calls Frank the cop and was like, Thank Shit God. is hitting the, the fan here. Make it out here, please. Um, unfortunately, like, it takes them a minute, so Ronnie's trying to rally the other counselors, like, get into your, you know, your bunks, make sure you have all your campers, and do not let them leave. So it's like they're trying to organize, you know. Meanwhile, Mel is beating Ricky unconscious before he realizes what he's done. He's like, I gotta get out of here. I can't be, you know what's gonna really gonna ruin my camp when I beat a kid to death? (laughs) And so Mel runs off. I know. (sighs) Onto the archery range, which is also, oh. of course, a, a Friday the 13th moment, you know? Yes. And he sees the killer, and again, we don't see the killer. Mel, Mel goes, no, it can't be you. It can't be. Allison, he gets shot right through the throat with an arrow. Yeah. Good. Fortunately, Frank the cop has rolled up to talk to Ronnie and the other counselors. And they're like, he's like, okay, great idea. Counselors, go to your bunks, count all your campers. And then Ronnie's like, well, both Paul and Ricky are missing. And they're like, okay, great. Let's totally reverse course and everyone pair up and start looking for them. It's like, Frank, you were, you, you, we had a great idea. So Ronnie close. and Frank were so close to a good idea. And then they're like, no, we should absolutely immediately Let's break Let's go up. out there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Paul waits on the lakeshore for Angela. And Angela arrives and she's like glassy-eyed, like even more so than normal, like yeah. silent. And he's like, oh, uh, how you doing, Angela? And Angela goes, let's go swimming. And Paul says, well, what about our clothes? And I just said, let's take them off. And Paul's like, all right, I'm not going to say no to that. So he, oh, like, turns no. around and starts undressing. In the woods, we see Frank and Ronnie have paired up, and they're searching, you know, for the killer. And they find Ricky. And he's been badly beaten, but he is still alive. Okay. Unfortunately, they also hear a scream. Somebody has found Meg's murdered body. And we see two other hey. counselors make their way down to the lake. And in the, in the dark, Allison, they find Angela fit back to them, sitting cross-legged, singing to herself, and stroking Paul's forehead. He's laying with his, like, his head in her, in her lap. Yeah. And we see a flashback revealing a moment of Aunt Martha telling Angela, I've always wanted a little girl, and we already have a little boy. It's a beautiful name. Don't you think so, Peter? Allison, Angela actually died in the accident. And then Aunt Martha raised Peter as Angela. Whoa. And in the present day, the counselors, you know, approach her like, Angela, Angela stands up, dropping Paul's severed head to the sand. And does this, what's very iconic, if anyone, if you're listening, as you've seen the movie, an open mouth, like, screaming, snarling, like, eyes wide, like, ah, (laughs) like, crazy scream, revealing that they are nude, covered in blood, and that they are, you know, they are Peter. They are yes. a boy. Allison, um, the end. What? That's the end of the movie. <laughs> I wrote, the um, I'm going to enter this movie into the man, I guess, Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. I now see um, the problematic element of this movie. Yeah, I think it's like, not that I there think, wasn't also other stuff that was a problem. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of problems in this movie. Like, it's not just this, but this yeah. is definitely the biggest. Now, I think it's, like, sort of, you know, looking at it through modern eyes. One, the inclusion of the fact their father was gay is has truly nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Not a thing. It has, like, that is completely irrelevant and is played in a way that I'm like, what are we supposed to take from this other than... At the time, people didn't know the difference between being gay or it, like the, the, like it was like being gay was like this catch-all of Vilified, like, can you believe yeah. it? Also, yes. even in the scene, it's shot very like lovingly, like it's not even like scary in and of itself. Yeah. And then the there's the you know, and it's hard because it's like we're not trans, but I imagine yeah, in, in 1983 to have 
anything even intimating that this is a depiction of a transgender person was not good for no. public. No. You know, like, we just didn't have anything else going. We so this didn't. kind of thing, I think, is, like, very detrimental in a way we understand now. Yes. But now at the time, yes. it's like, oh, it makes you a villain. It makes it, like, there, there's also, like, like, that wasn't... Peter's yeah. choice, like that. right. It's evocative of the of the idea, which I think is sort of is in the ether now. Where it's like, yeah. oh, someone's Texas. like telling you that you should be trans or making right. you be trans, like your parents, whatever. It's right. like conscious all this stuff. But I agree, this like, is not a, yeah. a person who is transgender. This is a person who was abused, yes. and this in this particular way. So it is not in reality, obviously, much it like in Silence of the Lambs. It's like yes. he's not transgendered in that movie. But the conversation around it, the, the specter is raised because, yes. especially at the time, yes. the idea especially, of, like, yeah. gender or sexuality being in any way different is so yes. scary to the yes. to the audience. Yes. Then a way that I feel like we've moved past because you're like, I guess I understand. And also, you are sympathetic to Angela the entire time. So, like, right. the reveal is horrible, but you're like, I mean, you kind of, at least partly, you're like, well, she's probably the killer because it's well, everyone who's been mean to her. Yeah, I was, I was start, as we were moving through, I was like, oh, it's Angela because, right. like, she's quiet. She's, it's like something's going on with her. She's obviously, like, lashing out. Because she's in the place where she lost family and yes, yeah, like, people are being mean to her, and she's like reliving trauma that has like absolutely not been processed. I didn't guess um, everything else about Angela. Yeah, and the whole Aunt Martha of it all, where it's like, I mean, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess we're just think she's that crazy. out of that crazy, that out of touch with reality, that abusive, that. Yeah. She would do this, and then it's also like, I guess we're to think that Ricky doesn't know because Ricky was out of town during the boating accident. So then, like, then it but just what, it, once you the start looking, you're like, <laughs> do not work for me. But sure, yeah, it's really um, confusing. It's really confusing, yeah. and um, yeah, we just want to address that. I mean, a million people have written excellent essays about this, so yes, certainly, I'm, I'm sure. Not, yeah, not the I'm first sure. person to to delve into this. But, um, yeah, Team wow. Angela, honestly, except yeah. for Paul. I mean, she didn't have to kill Paul, but— um, Yeah, Paul Or seems, he didn't have to kill Paul, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so what are some fatal mistakes you think some people may have made in the movie Sleepaway Camp? Fatal mistakes. Shut the camp down. Shut it down. Why was it op- after the first— Like, keeping the chef— being boiled alive, basically, um, a secret was the, I'm like, oh, this is a bad place. Like, you need yeah. to, no, you need, everybody needs to know what's going on all the time. And then as soon as someone died, close it. Like, send everybody home. We're done for the year. Yeah. Mel yeah. sucks. Yeah, I completely agree. Mel, this is all your fault. You got shot by, with an arrow. This is on you. Yes. If you're an unrepentant pedophile, Yes. What's going to happen is what's going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, I always gonna say it. get what you deserve. Um, I would say Aunt Martha. I Aunt, think well, pretty obviously. much everything she did it seems like a huge mistake. Yes. Yes. Um, and it kind of it makes me want to watch the sequels because I was like, I would like to know what happens to Angela if that's. Yeah. What's kind of the next beat of the story? And that's who we follow. Is it? Do we know that it's like that Angela is still in the movies or is it kind of just more this location is obviously now. Um, haunted by horrific trauma? It looks like five years after the events of the first film, it looks like they're back at Camp Arawak. So I think okay. you're right. I think so it's we're... more just like the camp itself is the thing carrying on these sequels. Now, there could be Angela in this. I don't know. Yeah. I'll be absolutely honest. Oh, here we go. Yes, in the, the sequel, the head counselor... Well, I, I'm assuming it's the same person. The head counselor is named Angela. So oh. maybe Angela comes back. Interesting. And, um... Because I guess it would be under new ownership. But I would have to imagine that, like, you can't just be like, all right, well, we get it. This has been tough on you. Like, get out there and get a job as a teenager. Like... Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I'm probably not at the same camp. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's so it's so hard to know what you do in this kind of situation. We'll find out. We'll find out. Where you you brutally uh, killed multiple people. Um, yeah, who's to say? Yeah, we'll definitely have to do the sequels at a certain point. Yes. 
And also, just don't be a Judy. I mean, like, listen, you're going to be, be you, you push people, you push people, they're going to snap, you know? Though I do love the Judy shirt. It's true. Um, yeah, and then finally, where would you place Sleepaway Camp on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think I want to give it a five. Mm-hmm. With an asterisk, asterisk that's like, oh, awful um, in terms of talking about what it talks <laughs> about. Um, but it's not, it doesn't seem like super scary in the way like some other stuff that we've watched, that we've talked about has. But I do think that like a lot of these deaths are quite horrific. Yeah. And I think that like the, like, like the Judy of it all. Every, like the bees, the boiling water, like it, it, that stuff is scary because it's truly terrible. So that yeah. bumps it up. Yeah, I would give this a six. I feel like wow, I the 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 kills were much scorier than I thought they were going to be, and the ending shot of Angela screaming covered in blood is truly horrifying. And there's something where combining like what felt like realistic normal kid stuff with. Yeah. This, this bizarre killing spree it really worked for me. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Wow. Yeah. I love it. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed it. You can get more of us if you oh, want yes. by joining our Patreon, uh, where we're doing bonus episodes uh, for one of the tiers. So, so join and get bonus episodes. Um, for August, we're doing Ginger Snaps and Human Centipede. So excited. So if you want to hear us talk about those movies um, <laughs> and also get other stuff like tickets to the live shows and video and ad-free episodes, like please join our Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash ruined podcast. Well, yeah, please join us on the Patreon. Um, of course, every month we're going to be doing extra episodes. And again, if you have any suggestions, please keep them coming. You know, we yes. love them so much. And, and follow us on, we're still on Instagram and Twitter and now TikTok. Um, so go find us at Ruin Podcast um, on all of those for more stuff. We're learning TikTok, okay? So just let us, uh, we're, we're dipping our toe our into a new technology and you know how yeah. we fare with those kinds of things. So join us there for fun um, and join the Patreon if you are so interested. And uh, I guess more than anything, please, you must. Keep it spooky. spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.